right. All right. I'm going to have to get the question get a little tougher now. All right. My first question is, Brian, is my first question is, do you know what today is? New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Um, and so what's what's tomorrow? New Year's Day. And so my question is, do you have a wish for the new year? What your greatest wish? Do you have a really great wish for the new year, what it would be? To win a super trophy. To win a super trophy. Okay. Yes, super trophy. <laughs> well, I'm going to pray for another wish. And I'm going to pray. Did you believe me if I say I can read minds? <laughs> good, good. But I'm going to pray for what I believe your mom and dad would want, the greatest wish for you for this new year. And you know what, how I know it? Because I believe every believing parent has this wish for their sons and daughters for a new year and for every year. You know what, the, you know what that wish is? For you to draw closer to God, and, for, and he will draw closer to you and to seek him and find him right? Isn't that the prayer of every believing parent in this room? So I'm going to pray for that, okay? All right. Father God, we thank you um, for Ryan coming up here this morning, and we just, we pray, Lord, for his, his heart to, to seek you, because you tell us, Lord, if we seek you, we will find you. If we draw close to you, we'll draw close to us. I pray that for the new year, Lord. I pray that for all of God's children, Lord, that we'd all be drawn closer to you, that we'd all seek you this new year, Lord. Uh, so many things happen in our lives and so many distractions, Lord, but may that be the priority of our lives, Lord, you, your glory. And um, we also pray that he may have a championship this year as well. The trophy, yeah, okay. Uh, God knew what I was talking about. Thank you, Lord, for this time of prayer. Thank you for uh, just being together in this place of worship. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to know your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Elder, elder. He's the eldest elder, I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, something a little different this week and for the next few weeks. Um, today I want to talk about um, the new year and new you. We've come to the end of this year and for many it's been a typical year, not much different. Others have had a wonderful year. God's blessings have been poured out in abundance, and we praise him for that. But for some, it's been a very painful, a very hard, a very heartbreaking year, and we're thankful to God that it's over. And the new year is upon us. An opportunity for things to be different, to be a little better for us all. And whether you're a believer or not, New Year's a time when New Year's resolutions are to be made or are made. I don't think there's anything wrong with New Year's resolutions for Christians. In fact, I think it's biblical to desire to be renewed daily. I don't think there's too many of us sitting here today that can't think of something that we want to see God improve or change or grow in us in the year 2024. 
And the issue, I think, what happens for us out of the resolutions is either we try to change something without God or we try to do it in our own power or we do things that are for our benefit and not for his glory. They're not being done for the glory of God. But I think resolutions are just fine. It's a chance to start over for God to create in us a clean heart, right? Renew a right spirit within us. I think we see that in the Bible. New life, new spirit, new hope, new faith, new creation. These are biblical terms. We should embrace them. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We see something in newness that is appealing. It's appealing to us. And we're going to see something today, two things actually, that will help us embrace newness in 2024. Two great truths taught in the Bible, but neither can be done without God's power, the power of the Holy Spirit, miracles of God's grace. First one is this. You must be made new. And only God can do that miracle in you. You must be born again. Second stems from that. And it's generally the point of the letters in the New Testament. God has made you new. God has done this. God has produced this miracle in you. Therefore, live in this newness. Live in the newness of what God has done. So I want to explore that today both of those, to see how they bring glory to God and approach and encourage us as we approach 2024. So first, the need for new life. Jesus says in John 3, 3, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus teaches us that life is not about cleaning yourself up and getting your act together. The world does not have enough soap for you to clean yourself up. It's not about religious performance. It's not about the fact that you show up here every Sunday. It's not about religious attendance. It's about new life in Jesus Christ. You must be born again. This comes from the Holy Spirit. It is a miracle of God. And it's of most importance. Without it, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see that God is real and God is good and you are a sinner and you are in need of God's grace and God's mercy unless God gives you the heart and opens your eyes to be able to see these things. You can't cry out in faith or repent of your sins. You need to be born again. You need newness of life. Paul says, or Jesus says, no, Paul says, we'll go with Paul. In Romans 6, do you not know that all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness 
of life. So what's Paul saying? He's saying that being united to Jesus, our new life is tied directly to his death and his resurrection. His dead and buried body was representative of our souls before new birth. We were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. Just as he was resurrected to live and to never die again, we were raised new, born again, given new life to walk then in that newness. Not the same. Not the same as before. Not the same as the rest of the world. Not the same as everybody else. Going after all the things that they go after. Going after all the same things you went after before, but now with a Christian name on it. We now live for him. Everything we do in life is for him. Every choice we make is for him. The life we now live, we live for Jesus Christ who died and gave himself up for us, right? We were raised to walk in newness of life. New, not the same as before. Do you think when Lazarus was raised from the dead that Jesus intended him to walk around in the clothes that he was buried in just as he appeared before? Everything the same. He raised him, gave him life. Everything be the same. That's right. No. (laughs) Amen. God, his prayers are, are, God's answering for the little ones. I love it. He wasn't, right? Jesus, he walks out in the burial linens and Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. And that's what happens to us when we are born again. Jesus says, unbind them. Unbind them from all the things that tied them to this world and all the things that tied them to Satan and following after the sin. Let them go. Now we're free to walk in newness of life, free to follow Jesus if you not experienced new birth by the power of the Holy Spirit, where God has given you a heart that loves him and loves his people, there's not, they're not mutually exclusive, right? They're, they're together. Loves God, loves his people. To see his glory on display, to see your need for him. And I, I pray that this is your New Year's resolution. There's nothing more important that you need in human life than to be born again. There's no resolution or life change or improvement that you will ever need more than this. Once this has happened, God's miracle of newness of life, then you walk in this by grace through faith. So as I said, the New Testament letters are written to churches They're written to believers. Paul's recognizing them as believers, not unbelievers. He's not not imploring them to to come to Jesus. They've confessed Jesus. 
And so he's writing to them, assuming that they've been born again in Christ. The commands then, the things that we see in the New Testament, the commands for holiness, the commands for righteousness that are given to the churches, they're not instructions on to get right with God. They're assuming that God has made you right with him. And so they're saying, now that he's done that, this is how we live. Does that make sense? This is how we live. God has done this miracle in you. God has done this miracle for you. Therefore, since you're new, since you have been born again, since you have been raised from the dead, this is how you live as someone who that miracle has happened to. It's encouragement. It's instruction for those whom God has made right with himself, his children. So if you will, turn to Colossians chapter 3. Paul's painting a good picture of this very thing. He's saying you are in Christ now, and because you're in Christ, don't live like you lived before. Don't live like everybody else out in the the world. Put those things off, or put those things to death, or put those things away, your translation might say, and put on these new things. Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 1 through 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, right? Remember, you're born again. You're walking in newness of life. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, think about these things. Set your minds on things that are above, not the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you shall also you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death. So because you've been born again, because you're you are in Christ now, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness, right? Always wanting what somebody else has or what you don't have. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there's not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Right? That's the old way. That's the old self. Responding in anger, responding with malice, slandering, talking about people negatively behind 
their back, right? Factions, groups, right? Identifying with, with other things that are not Christian, right? He's saying in here, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, doesn't matter where you're from. What matters is that we are Christian and we're united in Christ. That's what's important. That's what he's saying to put on. The old self, the world is going to care about all those things. Finding their identity in some other group. You find it in Christ. Put on then, verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ, right? Not not constant turmoil, constant strife. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is what Paul is saying, amen. Paul is saying this is what It means to walk in newness. And he's going to go on and talk about what that means for Christian households and what that means for work, what that means with your interaction with unbelievers, those you take up partnerships with in this life. But the point is, it's not the same as before, and it's not like the rest of the world out there. It's new. It's different. And it's based on the character and the conduct of Jesus Christ. He's not saying do these things to get right with God. He's saying this is who you really are now as children of God. Walk in newness of life. Don't walk in the old way. That led to death. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. You are new, so walk in newness. It's not a you must do better faith. This isn't a must do better faith. It's not. It's a live like who you are. God has done these miracles in you. He has given you new life. He has adopted you and made you his child. He has given his Holy Spirit to dwell in you. You have all the power, all the strength, all the miracle you need. Now walk in that miracle. Act out the miracle. He says in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. He's saying you're new. Cleanse out all that, that old stuff that defined you before because you really are new. It really is different. A lot of times, when we don't feel close to the Lord as Christians, 
It's because we've brought back too much of that old. We have too much junk in there vying for our affections for Jesus. And we need to, we need to cleanse that old stuff out. It's not a resolution to do better, but a resolution to be who we really are in Jesus. His work on the cross, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy are the foundation of how we live our lives now. Flip back a couple pages to Ephesians chapter 4. Maybe it's more than a couple. It's like 10. Depends how big your Bible is. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 32. Your Bible may have a section title in there that that the translator or those who publish the Bible put in there to help you understand what this is about. Mine says the new life. Ephesians 4 Verse 17 to 32. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. I love that passage because that reminds us very much right there. It's it's not information they're lacking. It's not information. It's a desire. They don't want to follow God. They don't desire to follow God. They're ignorant due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That's the world that we live in. But that is not the way you learned Christ's assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal. But rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands. So that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. And then it goes on to talk about how that works in the family, in the household of God. 
Do you see the difference? That we're supposed to walk differently, different from our old selves, but different from the world. It doesn't matter that you have the right to be bitter. He doesn't give you an out clause in there. So-and-so wronged you in this way. If that's happened, you have the right to be bitter. But for everybody else, put away all bitterness. No, bitterness is, what do they say? It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's affecting you, that bitterness. It's tearing you apart. Put it away. Put away the anger. Put away the malice. That's the old self. That's how the world operates. That's not who you are anymore. It's a newness of life. Walking in newness is not a a burden that we take on. It's a gift given by God. New Year resolutions, then, are really new you resurrection. It's new you. It's reminding yourself who you really are and taking advantage of the gifts God has given you to walk in newness of life. So I'm going to give some application. I say this not as a list of things that you should feel burdened about, but gifts that God has given us, ways to interact with him, ways to grow in him, ways to take advantage of that newness of life, to walk in those. And if you're going to make a New Year resolution, I would say here's here's some good places to start. First, we must ask, have we been born again? Have I been given the new heart, buried and resurrected with Jesus? Is my life lived for him? Examine ourselves. Perfect time to examine ourselves. Am I going through life living for Jesus or am I living for myself with with a Jesus flag saying I'm a a Christian, but really I'm just living for doing what I want to do. I may do morally right things and believe morally right things, but I'm just living for myself. Have I been born again? If not, we we pray. We beg with God opens that eyes, I think. It's the first realization that this is happening in you. So for those who have, we want to walk in newness. So first we want to walk in newness in our relationship with God. Be resolved in 2024 to be who you really are in him and in your relationship with him. Feast on his word. Feast on the word of God. There's no better thing than you can read or you can let you set your eyes upon or your eyes or your let your ears listen to than the word of God. Start a reading plan. Start a scripture memorization plan. We put a weekly fighter verse in the bulletin. But plan. Right? Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Plan. Plan when you're going to read. Plan how you're going to read. Do it with someone else. Have accountability how you're going to memorize scripture. May 2024 be the year of prayer 
communion with him in prayer. Jesus died that we may have access to the Father in prayer. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's why we call him Father, because Jesus died that we can have access to God. So pray. Serve. I have a very wonderful job, and that I get to serve. It fills your heart. I'm telling you. It takes your eyes off of yourself. God's doing this. This isn't your, your own doing. God uses these things to take our eyes off of ourselves and, and serve others, love on, on others. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. God doesn't need us. He can accomplish what he wants to accomplish without us, but he gives us the gift to be able to serve because we need it. So serve. Serve in the church. Serve out of the church. Give. Give. I don't talk about giving much. Give. In the New Testament, we're called to give joyfully, and we're called to give sacrificially. I don't believe the tithe is taught in the New Testament. I believe New Testament giving is sacrificially and it's joyfully. Right? But there's a blessing in what can be get when you give sacrificially and you give joyfully. You're focused on not what that money can do for me and what I can get out of this world. Right? We give. How can we help others with this? Be thankful. Be thankful towards the Lord. Seek gratitude this year. The Bible gives gratitude, thankfulness, as the cure for many of the sinful ailments that we have. You ever notice that? I think we just read one. It's like, do not put away this or do not do this, but be thankful. When we're thankful to God, when we realize what we deserve and what we've been given, it puts our heart and our mind in the right place. So seek 2024 resolution that this year I'm going to be thankful to God. I'm going to ask him to remind me of how good I really do have it. And I'm not merely talking about physical possessions or health. I'm talking about your standing before him more than anything, right? None of us deserve that. None of us deserve to be right with God for the very fact that he would do that in us. So these are ways that we can walk in newness in our relationship with God. How about walking in newness with our relationship with ourselves? Be resolved to be who you really are from the inside out, focusing on the inner man. Focusing on renewal of thoughts, the things that I think about, the things I set my mind to. Are my thoughts and my feelings lined up biblically? Are they biblical? Or am I trying to figure things out myself? Am I turning to something else besides God for how I think and how I feel? Seek to be honest from the inside out. Being faithful in the small things. Walking in integrity. We live quorum Deo, right? In the face of God. As if Christ were here. If Christ were sitting right next to me, 
Would I gossip about this person? Would I turn to Jesus and say, hey, did you see what so-and-so did? I don't think I would. Living quorum Deo, living in integrity, doing what is right by the power of the Holy Spirit when no one else is watching but God. Fight against sin this year. Fight. Don't give in. Don't be careless against sin. Be mindful that your enemy, the devil, is on the prowl seeking someone to devour. Don't let it be you by the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Be intentional in your fight against sin. Seek to grow in holiness with renewed minds. We're never neutral. We're not in this this place where I'm good. We're always either going forward or we're going back. Right? So this year we want to go forward. We want to grow in holiness. Next, we want to, so that's walking, we'll walk in newness with our relationship with God, walk in newness in our inner, inner self, our inner man. Next, we want to walk in newness in our relationship with others. Be who you are in Christ, who he saved you to be. Be a kind and loving and gracious person. Now, some people, this stuff may come easier than others. That just shows you how much we need the Holy Spirit for these things. We're not called to be harsh and mean and insulting and angry. That's not Christ. That's not how we're called to respond. Say anything to cut someone down and make our point and leave them there feeling however, even though the worst of enemies, that's not Christ. That's, that's not letting vengeance belong to the Lord. That is taking vengeance upon our own shoulders and with our own mouth. Do not tear down with your words, but build up. This is huge. We are here to build each other up. When we confront lovingly someone's sin, It is never for the purpose to tear them down, put them in their place. That is always with the purpose of building up. But that is just one example. Every relationship, we're here to build each other up. We're here to encourage each other in the Lord. We're not here to tell each other to do better. We're to encourage each other, you're new. You've been made new. God is good and point each other to Jesus. We're here to build each other up. That's why God has us here together as a church. So build up with your actions and build up with your words. Man, let someone leave conversations with you praising how good Jesus is, right? If someone is wrong, said something wrong or done something wrong, they've wronged Jesus first. David says, after committing adultery and having Bathsheba's husband killed, in Psalm 51 it says, against you and you only have I sinned, God. That's 
the focus is that sin. We sin against each other, but that's nothing compared to how that sin was against God in that very same action or very same words. So someone wrongs you, they've wronged him first. And so if they've wronged him, what do they need? They need the gospel. They need supernatural intervention. So build them up in Jesus. Don't give them burdens to do better. Do not be bitter or angry, but be tenderhearted and forgiven. We live in a culture that makes money off of your anger. The news organizations make money off of making you angry. You know that. They post headlines, they post stories that are going to make you the angriest and keep you coming back. We, we, we live in a culture that is not first tender-hearted, trying to understand where someone else is coming from. Even if they're wrong, try to understand wh- why they made that decision, how they got there, and forgiving. We, we, make, we live in a culture of vengeance, of canceling, right? You get one chance to say something or do something wrong, and then you're done. But that's not biblical. Be tender-hearted and forgiving. Remember who you are and what you have done and what you need in Jesus daily. Others need that too. So be peaceful. Be compassionate. Be caring. Seek peace in your relationships. Not strife. Not burning bridges. Seek to understand where others are coming from. Feel their struggle. Doesn't mean you have to agree, but it does mean you have to care. Here's one for us, Lower Borough Baptist Church. Let's 2024 be hospitable and welcoming. Maybe this year we invite each other into our homes. It's weird because nobody knocks on doors anymore, right? Somebody knocks on your door, you think something's wrong. Your doorbell rings, you're like, what's going on? It's not the way it used to be. That's the way it is now. So let's invite each other into our homes. Let's get to know each other a little bit better this year, a little bit differently. Let's grow a little bit and be intentional, intentional on growing a little bit closer. Live our lives together. These are just some things. You can read your Bibles. You're all smart. But seek to grow in Christ this year. Make resolutions that bring glory to God, that grow you in holiness, that grow your love and your affection and your conduct towards each other and towards the lost this year. These may seem overwhelming, But if you put it on yourself as a New Year's resolution, it will be. But if you abide in Christ, if you seek to grow close to him, you seek him first in his kingdom, then all these things will be added to you. You lean into him. You embrace your newness in him. Then your resolution will become an evolution of who you really are. 
You will see yourself grow from one degree of Christ-likeness to the next, beholding the glory of God the whole time. Brothers and sisters, in 2024, as a church, let's encourage each other to be who we really are in Christ. Remind each other when we're discouraged, when we're sick, when we're sad, when we're hurting, when we're in sin, of who we really are in Christ. Not do better, but feast on Jesus more. Not to change, but to be changed by our renewal. It's a new year. It's a time for a new you. The new you who's resurrected with Christ, united to him, to be new. Let's pray. Lord, what a gift that you make us new. And then on top of that, you know that we are prone to wonder. You know that we are prone to look back, that we are prone to walk the fence. So you remind us, you encourage us through our word to be renewed daily, renewed in our mind, renewed in our spirit, renewed in you. The newness doesn't stop. So we pray this year, Lord, that you would do that work in us. You would encourage us daily, and you would use us to encourage each other in you for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.